As a product manager, one of your most precious resources is your cognitive storage tank. In some ways, it's as precious as your time. I don't mean how smart you are, but your capacity to apply your intelligence to important work. Your cognitive storage tank is like a muscle or a real fuel storage tank. When it's exhausted, your cognitive abilities stop working well. And until it reloads or refuels, you can't be as innovative, you can't be as creative, and your decisions get worse. So to improve our effectiveness as product managers, one key step is managing our cognitive storage tank. Welcome to this episode of All the Responsibility, None of the Authority, a podcast on how to be an effective product manager, coming to you from NPD Studios, also known as my garage. I'm Nils Davis. There are a lot of things we do every day that drain our cognitive storage tank. For example, making decisions. It doesn't matter if it's deciding what to have for lunch or which feature to prioritize in the next release. They all take fuel out of the cognitive storage tank. Another drain on your cognitive storage tank is using willpower, like keeping yourself from eating one of those cookies in the break room. If you've just made a hard decision or participated in a difficult meeting, you're more likely to eat that cookie. And if you've already made the decision not to eat the cookie, then the product decision you make after lunch might not be as good. It goes both ways. Now, since our job as product managers is to be creative, innovative, and make good decisions, we can be more effective if we preserve our cognitive resources for those purposes and try not to let them get drained off by lower value demands. What are some examples of lower value demands on our cognitive resources? Well, one set of things is low value decision making. That's like deciding to eat the cookie or not. Another set of demands is negative emotions like uncertainty and fear. If you aren't sure what to do next, that can be something that drains your cognitive storage tank. Another set of demands is simply low-value cognitive tasks, like searching for things or trying to find old information or being distracted by too much going on. We need to limit those impacts on our cognitive resources to the degree that we can. We can't avoid all of them, but we should think about how to reduce them. How do you reduce the impact of low-value decision-making? And what is that? Well, let's take the familiar example of the stack-ranked Agile backlog. One way to look at that is as a cognitive resource enhancer, because you know you don't have to look at or think about any of the features that are further down the backlog than about 10 places. If you manage things right, you never need to think about those 50 features that you're not going to get to in this sprint, and you can wait till later to think about them. That's a great way of preserving cognitive resources. Defer stuff. It's one of the ways that an Agile approach is very powerful. It helps you focus just on the most important things and ignore or defer less important things and thereby reduces the impact of those less important things on your cognitive fuel tank. Another cognitive resource enhancer related to decision making is the idea of handling each input only once. You get the input and either do it, meaning act on it, delegate it, defer it to a future date, or delete it. Obviously, if you defer it, you might have to revisit it at a future date, but for now, at least it's out of your input stream. Now, you can't do that on everything you get into your input stream, but if you make an effort to act on things that you can act on right away, that removes them from the overhead of your cognitive fuel tank. So how can we take this idea and apply it to product management, the idea of managing your fuel tank? We've already talked about the stack-ranked backlog. That's a powerful tool for product managers at any level of abstraction feature, epic, or even product. Putting things on the bottom of a backlog so you won't have them in your face all the time frees up cognitive resources. 
Another big drain on cognitive resources is remembering things. There are really two problems with remembering things. One is it takes cognitive resources to recall a memory, and the other is that your memory is not perfect anyway. So not only are you using cognitive resources to recall the information, the information you recall may be faulty, or, and this is equally important, you might even fail to remember the information at all, even if it's there. That is, you've forgotten it. Generally speaking, this is why we write things down and why we have search in a lot of applications. It's not good enough simply to write things down. You need a way to search and retrieve that information. And that's one of the big benefits of bug tracking systems, wikis, salesforce.com, and other database-based systems. Now, we product managers suffer in this area because most of us don't have a good place to write things down meaning a good database-based system in which to store the information we create and then search for it later. There are a lot of reasons for this, of course. The data that's important for product managers and that we generate is often freeform, such as customer interview notes, competitive, competitive analyses, and feature specifications. Neither Excel or bug tracking systems or Salesforce.com or anything like that are really good for managing this kind of information. And then to the degree that we do write the things down, when we're writing, it's either in single-user tools like Word or Evernote or even on paper. So our creations are almost never stored in such a way that they become an enterprise asset, meaning accessible and usable for other members of the team, searchable and evergreen. What can we do about this insight? Well, we want to avoid the cognitive load and the potential failure of memory. And we actually do write down a lot of things already, but again, they're typically in single-user tools, not in a database-based system which we can search to augment our memory. So obviously, the simplest answer is to find some way to put these artifacts, customer interview notes, competitive analyses, and so on, into a database-based system. And wikis, it turns out, are very well suited to this. Not only are they searchable, but they're also linkable, and so it's easy to link a customer interview to a feature specification that was driven by insights from that interview, and then to link that specification to the specific tasks, i.e. in Jira, that implement the feature. We gain a lot of benefits in addition to the cognitive benefits when we do this, as I discussed in episode two of the podcast, and you can see the show notes for a link to the podcast on a product management system of record. Now finally, we have a substantial limitation in our cognitive capabilities for doing analyses in our heads. Imagine you have 30 features to prioritize, and your prioritization criteria include, does the feature benefit one of our top three customers? That's criteria one. Does the feature help enable one of our two key themes for this release? And number three, does the feature give us an important competitive differentiator for upcoming sales engagements? So the idea is you have a backlog of features, you want to figure out which of the top five, which of the 10 or five of those 30 features is the ones that best meet those prioritization criteria. And of course, you also have to keep dependencies, other relationships, and resource demand and capacity in mind as well. Now, it's very difficult to do this prioritization in your head. Trust me, I've tried to do it. I know that many of my listeners have tried to do it. And if, if your executive board suddenly decides that a different set of customers is more important than the original three, or adds or takes away resources, how do you do the, redo that prioritization effectively? Now, prioritization is a critical component of the product management process, but it's very difficult to do well in one's head, especially if you want to have some kind of an analytical approach. This is really not just a matter of preserving or managing that cognitive fuel tank. Uh, 
But really, the job actually may overload your cognitive resources, no matter how smart you are. So what can we do about this? Again, just as many other business processes have done, we turn to automation. In this case, a framework for doing analytical prioritization. And if this can be integrated with the systems I described earlier, the backlog system and the memory support system, then it's even more valuable. But in any case, having some kind of a analytics for doing prioritization is pretty valuable. Now I mentioned that the customer interview can be linked to the feature that was driven by insights from that customer. And that means that if the customer is one of the important ones for this release, I should be able to easily see that that feature is aligned with the release. If I've also noted that the feature helps with one of the key marketing themes, that would raise its priority even higher. Now with a properly designed system, much of your analytical prioritization can arise simply out of the relationships that you've captured anyway as part of your normal product management activities. Now I have to tie this all back to the original goal of improving product management effectiveness. One of the limits to our effectiveness is our cognitive resources, our cognitive fuel tank, and whatever we can do to manage that fuel tank better will contribute to improving our effectiveness. The key ways we can do that is to manage our attention, make sure we don't think about or act on unimportant things and we can avoid it, to use systems to augment our faulty and slow memory, and to use systems to enable us to do analytics that we could never do on our heads and thereby make better decisions. By improving our management of cognitive resources, we will become more effective at product management. Now, here are three things you can do immediately to start putting these ideas into practice. If you're not already putting all of your work into a backlog and prioritizing it and focusing on the most important things first, you should do that. That's number one. Number two, put your customer interview notes and other freeform documents into an enterprise system that will enable searching and linking. This may be as simple as a wiki. You might get a purpose-built system, but you really should have something that makes your documents into an enterprise asset and it enables you to do searching so you don't have to just depend on your memory to find stuff. And then third, develop an analytical prioritization system for your features based on their relationships to the key drivers of your prioritization decisions, such as customers, competitors, market themes, resource demand, risk, potential revenue, and so on. Now I hope these ideas will be helpful for you as you improve your effectiveness as a product manager. Let me know in the comments on the show notes if you have additional thoughts or questions. And you can see the show notes at nilsdavis.com slash tags slash podcast for more information and any links. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe via iTunes. You can search for either responsibility and authority to find the listing or look at the show notes to see the link directly or you can use your other favorite podcast subscription method and please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on itunes the feedback is very helpful for me thanks for joining me on this episode of all the responsibility none of the authority until next time this is nels davis you can follow me on twitter at nilsie n-i-l-s-i-e and read my essays about product management at nilsdavis.com. 